Okay, so today is Shabbos Daf Mem Gimel. We are a little behind. The Mishnah Mem Beis and Beis A Noisten Kli Tachasaner LeKabel Boyes Hashem. And so, just a brief introduction. This uh, next part of the parak discusses the halachas of Muksa. So Muksa. There are many sugyas and shahs discussing muksa. The primary discussion is the first parak of in Masechta Spetsa. You also have later on in Masechta Shabbos, and you have a brief few few daf and a couple of sugyas here in Parakira. So if you want to look at a uh, a good summary of some of the some of the sugyas we're going to discuss, so Art Scroll in the introduction to this uh, this parak. This is in the uh, second volume of Art School, um, Sechta Shabbos, if you didn't know. Um, so chapter 3, this introduction. So the first part discusses Bishel. It's actually a good Chazara uh, of what we just did. Just a few lines. And then they have two pages on Muksa. Really nice way of breaking down the different categories. So uh, and, and they have a nice overview of the Machlekes of Yehuda and Rab Shimon, which we will discuss many times over the next few Daphne. So good place to look before you... Start this Mishnah. Okay, so here comes the Mishnah. So, a person cannot take a kli, we're going to call it a bowl, and put it underneath a candle on Shabbos, in order to catch the oil. We're going to assume the oil was dripping out. It wasn't a perfect system that they had. The oil is dripping out, and they want to save it. You want to go get the oil. Maybe you want to protect your, your table. Whatever you're doing there, there seems to be an iser of putting a net, putting a keli under the ner to absorb to uh, to catch the oil. If I'm not then a snuha Let's say you put it there on Friday. So then mutter, it's mutter. So we're, we're going to see what the havamina was, perhaps what what's the reason for this. But But even if you did put it there on Friday. You still cannot enjoy the oil that came out on Shabbos. Seems to be muksa. That that oil was part of a candle, and now the oil comes out from the candle. That would be a concept of muksa. It is not menamuchan. It is not prepared. And this is a classic example of muksa. So let's go back to the first part of the Mishnah, and just a, a, a small over, overview of what the what the coming sugya is going to be and it'll be a little easier to read the Gemara. So Rashi right away look at Rashi Klitachasaner, what's the problem? So you're being Makabu Boy Shaman Hamatafin. You are you are catching the oil that's dripping. And the problem is Shevin Muksahu. The oil is muksa. Now why is the oil muksa? So we have a few different reasons. One reason is perhaps the oil was part of this mitzvah of Halakas Neir Shabbos. So that's called Muksal Mitzvah, say. And on Daf Mem Dalad, we are going to discuss the Halakas of something that's Huksal Mitzvah, say. The classic example is your, your uh, sukkah decoration. So we'll get to that. Um, another reason is that this oil was, there would have been an Isser to extinguish it. That would have been a problem of Kiboy. So therefore, if you would if you would have extinguished it on, on Shabbos, that would be an iser. So to take out oil on Shabbos is aser. So that oil is called muksa machmas iser. There'll be an iser to, to, to touch it. So, so that's called muksa. Another reason would be that the oil is a buses. It is a base for the flame. But either way, whatever the reason is, we'll get to this later on as and, and we'll figure out all the halachas of muksa. At the end of the day, the oil is muksa. And if the oil is muksa, we have one of two issues. And Rashi brings us down right here. We're back in Rashi, three lines in. You cannot take a keli on Shabbos. You cannot move 
a good keli, which is not muksa at all, but that cannot be moved on Shabbos in order to service something that's muksa. So we're going to see. Let's say you want to protect something that's muksa. Can I take, uh, can I take my coat and put it over? my computer on Shabbos. It seems like, no, you cannot. You cannot take something ein klinito v'shabbos el tzarech dover hanito. So we're going to see. That's one reason. Inami, a second reason, because Savarhiel's asr levata klimei You cannot be mevata klimei What does that mean? That means, I have a good keli. I have a bowl. We're back to our bowl. If I put it underneath this candle and the oil drips onto it, assuming the oil is muksa, I can no longer move this bowl on Shabbos. So that's called that I'm being mevatal kli mehechanai. I'm taking the kli and I'm saying I can no longer use it on Shabbos. So what's wrong with that? One of two reasons, and these are two opposite reasons seemingly. One would be that it's as if you're buying it, you're building it. Since this bowl will have to stay stationary the entire Shabbos, it could seem as if I'm adding something to a structure. This bowl is now permanently added, at least for Shabbos, to my table or to the floor. So that, maybe that looks like baina, like building on Shabbos, one of the Lama Tasmachas. So perhaps that's the reason for the Isra of being Mavato Klimei Chanai. Some Rishayim say the opposite, that it's Sisira, it's being Soyser the Keli. This Keli I was able to use, and now that I put it underneath the oil, I can no longer use it. So it's as if I'm breaking the Keli. Interesting that you have two opposite reasons. But these are the two potential reasons for the Mishnah of why a noist and kli tachas and ner lekabel bayas Hashem. So let's see. Amr Avchista comes Avchista, and you'll see which reason he's worried about. Alpha pisha amru a noist and kli tachas time negaylas lekabel beitzas. Even though we we said that a person cannot put a bowl out underneath a hen to catch her egg. She's she's about to lay an egg on Shabbos, and you put the bowl out that's going to fall into the into the bowl. We're afraid it's going to fall, it's, the, the egg is going to get ruined. You cannot do that. Once she did lay her egg, I could take this cup and I could put the cup on top of the egg in order to save it from someone stepping on it. So on one hand, I, I can't put the egg underneath the, roost, the, the hen in order to catch the egg, but in order to block it from someone trampling on it, that would be mutter. So Rashi explains that <clears throat> here Rav Chista holds the problem is taking a keli and using it, moving it for a non-heter use, meaning there's a muksa. An egg is muksa. So really, I should not be able to take a good keli, a good bowl, a good cup, and move it for a non, for, and move it for a muksa use, which would be Protecting an egg, an egg is muksa. That's called ain klinito b'shabes elot However, for some reason, I'm allowed to put it on top of the egg in order to protect it. So we're going to see. I'm a rabbi. My time with the What's pshat of the What does he hold that putting it on top of the egg will be mutter? So kasavar he holds tanegoles asuya lahata beitasa ba'ashba. It's typical that that a, a hen will lay an egg in the ashpa, in the garbage, or in a place where people are going to step on it. And therefore, there's a concept of Hatsala Mitsuya, that if it's a normal way of protecting this egg, and it's 
a typical situation. So the Chacham were mekel. That even though we say, ain't clean Ella Bishvil Dover Hanito, Ella Tsarak Dover Hanito, they can only move a Kaili in order to service something that is mutter and not muksa. Over here by the egg, since it's a normal part of life to protect the eggs, it's mutter. So let's see. My time is that a, a hen is typically lays an egg in her in the, in the garbage. It typically does not lay an egg on a incline, Vamaka Midron on an incline. And the, 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 why would you try to catch the egg when it's fall, when, when it's being laid? Because if you don't catch it, it's going to break. That's only when it's on an incline. But if it's over flat ground, the egg will not break. And therefore, we're only make of Hatzalam and Suya Hitiru. For the normal situation, we're make normal situation is that all I need to do is protect that it doesn't get trampled on. So once it's laid, I put a bowl on top of it. But on the incline, on the roof, that is not typical, and therefore, Chacham were not makel for an odd case. Now, let's go back to, to, uh, to, to, to the Gemara, to the case, in the, so go back to the Mishnah. The Mishnah said, let's say the Baalim Toysavis, the Mishnah said, so what about putting a kli tachasaner? So why is that not considered common, that the oil drips out? So Toysavis says, this is extremely common. It is so common, it is so normal, that you should have, dealt with it before Shabbos. Chacham were only going to be makel on bringing a kli and using a kli for a davar that's not a davar hanito. That's only when it's normal to end up needing this on Shabbos. But if someone knew 100% in advance, this is what's going to happen on Shabbos, Chacham were not going to say, oh, you could start moving kalim for, for this use. No, you should have had a... Uh, a plan in advance, and therefore this Shabbos candle every single every single week the oil drips out. What type of baloney is it to say? Oh, now on Shabbos on Shabbos now I have to figure out how to deal with it. You should have done with dealt with it prior to Shabbos. Just by the way, interesting that that we were discussing Tana Goyles Asuya Lahatel Beitzasa but she she doesn't typically lay her egg B'Makar Midran. So. In these Shabbosim, we do a lot of uh, window gazing. <laughs> so my kids and I were uh, we were. We were just looking out the window on Shabbos and I actually just finished learning this daf and there was a duck on a on a roof right across the street from me. So it's the highlight of our of our uh, you know looking outside on the Shabbosim. But I was waiting for it to lay an egg, but uh, it didn't happen. Interesting. Okay, here we go. Eisrei Abaya. Abaya asked the following question. So according to Rabbah, Rabbah said that Rav Chizda differentiates between Hatzala Metsuya and Hatzala Sheina Metsuya. So the typical Hatzala that needs to be done in order to, to save the egg or whatever we're going to discuss, that's Mutter and Shabbos, meaning to take a keli that is a good keli, not muksa, and to put it in a situation where now it's protecting muksa, that's only mutter when it's hatzala matsuya. But hatzala sheinu matsuya So we're going to ask many, many questions. So question number one. Someone has a barrel of tevel. Let's say it's a barrel of tevel wine, and it broke. So maybe clear maniach tatel. Halacha is, you'll have to take a kli, take your cups, and you can put it underneath it to catch the wine. Now, Tevel is muksa. The Mishnah and Beitza tells us that one is not allowed to separate in Tormin. You can separate uh, Trumas and Maestras on Yatif and Shabbos. It's Misakin. It's an Isidur to, to, to do Hafrashas Truma, Hafrashas Maestras. So Tevel, since I cannot 
eat it on Shabbos, on Yantif, therefore it's muksa. And still, I'm allowed to save the contents, even though the wine is muksa. So the Gemara says, It's talking about a new uh, keg. They, they've typically pop. They've typically opened, and therefore it is still considered normal. Since it's normal for this to happen, we are makele to save the wine. Ace another another question. The Mishnah says, "Nice and lidach is another kabbalit soitzo." Is you allowed to put a a clee, a bowl underneath the candle in order to catch the sparks? What do you mean? The sparks are muksa. How am I allowed to move the uh, how how am I allowed to move a keli in order to 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 catch sparks? Sparks are muksa. And don't tell me it's a normal. Uh, it's a normal occurrence, and it should be hot Solomon Suya. That's not Mitsuya. That's not normal for sparks to be flying out of my candles. So the verse says, so it's not Mishrichi. Nope. Sparks are also normal, and therefore it's considered hot Solomon Suya. Another question. So let's say a person has a fire, and they have a lamp, they have a candle, and they don't want it to set fire on their, there's a beam hanging on top of this candle. So the halach is, you could be koifin kar, you could turn over a bowl to contain the fire. Now, obviously, the Rishonim point out, it must be that you're not limiting too much oxygen, otherwise, the fire is going to go out, that would be kivoy, but I'll st- the, the muksa component, it seems like it's not a problem to cover it with a kli, even though the keli itself was mutter, and therefore it's a do- it's, it's taking a dover hanito, and it's beshvil, the candle, which is muksa, it's it's a uh, Still, I'm allowed to do it because it's it's hot salah. But here it's not hot salah mitzuya. It's not a typical case for the fire to start hitting the roof. The Gemara says no. But we're talking about these houses that have low ceilings, and there it's it's common for them to have fires, and therefore it is considered hot salah mitzuya. You have a beam that fell on, that, that broke on Shabbos. You're allowed to support it with a safsa, with a bench, or with the boards of a bed. And here the beam is muksa because it was part of a structure prior to Shabbos, so it's muksa. And still, I'm allowed to move a bench in order to support this. So obviously, I'm allowed to move something, even mishvil adavr she'enanital, something that cannot be moved, which is the beam. So isn't that a problem? Isn't that what the Mishnah says, Rav Chista? And don't tell me that Salam Mitsuya. It's not a normal thing for these beams to start breaking on Shabbos. And one says, no, it is normal. It's a, new, it's a new beam. And these beams break the first time, on the first try, these beams break. Okay, another question. It says you could put a keli, take a bucket, and put it underneath a leak on Shabbos. Now we're assuming this water is not drinkable, and therefore it's muksa. So how are you allowed to do that? You're bringing a good a good bucket instead of uh, using it for food using it for for muksa so you, it's uh, taking a davar hanital letzarech davar sheinanital how could you do that don't tell me it's normal it's not normal to have these leaks on Shabbos and says yeah it is normal it's a normal it's normal because it's a new house which have it's shriach it's normal for it to leak fine so that was Shita's Rav Chista Rav Chista understood Let's go back. The Mishnah said, You cannot take a, a bowl and put it underneath this oil can in order to catch the oil. So we said one of two reasons. Reason number one was Avchista, and that's what we were discussing the last few lines. Avchista said there's a concept, as Rashi explains in the Mishnah, You cannot move a kli on Shabbos. 
Ella only only for the use of something that itself can be moved. If something itself is muksa, I cannot take other things and assist it. I can't take a blanket and put it on top of muksa because I'm I'm moving a blanket for a non uh, useful thing on Shabbos. However, we have this heter. The heter would be for Hatzala to save something. So in that situation, Hatzala, that's Mitsuya, the Chacham Mormekel. That is Rav Yosef's understanding in Rav Chista. I'm sorry, that is the uh, Rabbah's understanding in Rav Chista. That was one way of learning the Mishnah. Now we have the second way of learning the Mishnah. And we'll see it inside of Yosef Oimer. Rav Yosef says, Because you took a kli that was good. You took a cup or a bowl that you could use for your cereal, you could use for your coffee, and now you're using it for oil that's muksa. And I can no longer use this cup on Shabbos. So it's called being mavatel kli mehechanai. Hechan means to be prepared. It's, it's muchan. The kli, the cup was prepared for coffee, and now I ruined it. I now put oil in it, muksa oil, and I can no longer use this cup. We said it's either a problem of boina, because the cup has to stay there, or it's a problem of, of soicer, that the cup is no longer useful. That is the reason for the mission. Now we're going to ask the same questions. When a person's barrel of wine that was tevel, it broke, he's allowed to bring a kli and catch the wine. Aye, one second, you took your cup, that cup was use, was useful before. Now we can no longer use it because tevel is muksa. And what do you mean? It's being mavato klimechane. Why is it mutter? Samarlay, tevel muchan who ate Shabbos. Tevel is really muchan. Shem avar vetiknai mitukan. When it comes to tevel, the Mishnah tells us in Beitza one is not allowed to separate trumas from ices because it is a problem of nira kimesakin. You're being masakin something, you're fixing something. And therefore, you're not allowed to do that on, on Yantif or on Shabbos. However, if someone did do that, it would work. It would, it would work. So if it works, so then technically you can't say there's no way I could eat, drink this wine on Shabbos. There is a way. If someone would clutch up and separate it, you would be allowed to eat it on Shabbos. And therefore, Avelisa says that is not considered muksa, since theoretically there's a way to eat it, not muksa. Next. The Mishnah says you could put a underneath this candle in order to catch the sparks. One second, the sparks are going to make this candle muksa, this uh, keli muksa. So isn't that being mavata kli mechanes am rav hunabre devishua need soitzoiz ein bohen mamish. Sparks are not, there's nothing there. And therefore, even after the sparks fall onto your bowl, you're still allowed to move your bowl. That is not called muksa. Next. You have this beam that broke, and we said, You had a supporter with a bench, or these are these, these boards of a bed. One second, I'm making these boards of or this uh, this bench no longer useful on Shabbos. Isn't that coming vata So the Gemara says, They're loose. So you're not. It's not going to be wedged in that it's stuck there for Shabbos. The body shakale. If you wanted, you could take it. So since I could take it, it's not considered mavatel kli mehechana. I could just kick it off, kick it out, and I could u- continue using my bench on Shabbos. Another one, nice another kasha. Nice and kli tachas We said you could take this uh, bucket and put it underneath the leak on Shabbos. Hold on. We're assuming this water was not fit for human consumption, and now you're. You're taking muksa water and allowing it to fall into your beautiful bucket. You're being mavato the bucket from from its pre- uh, preparedness. Mavato klimechanes. The Marsha bedalaf roi talking about a leak that you could drink 
the water is drinkable on on Shabbos, and therefore it's not considered muksa. Okay, so it's a chiddush. What exactly the Mishnah was 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 telling us, if we're talking about drinkable water. But either way, it's not a kasha on Rav Yosef. Next, So back in the day, everyone had birds and animals. So we have a lot of mishnayos in in Beitza discussing how one deals with one's animals on Shabbos and on Yantif. So the Bryce is like this: you could take a sal, a basket, and then you flip it over, so it ends up becoming a step stool. In order for that, the birds should go back to their nest. So, what's the question? The question is, this basket was prepared before Shabbos for heter use, regular, it was not muksa. Now, by putting and flipping it over, the birds are going to go on it. When the birds go on it, isn't that taking uh, a bird and taking a, a, a basket and being mavata klimei I can no longer use it as a basket on Shabbos. Isn't that Rabbi Yosef holds that this Bryce, according to this, this Bryce holds, you're allowed to be metaltel this basket. Even, you know, once the birds go off of it, I'm allowed to use the, the move the basket. So I could take this basket, flip it over, let the birds climb back up to the nest. Once they climb back up, I could go back to using this basket as I, I, I could have beforehand. So Marcel, one second, Vatanya. That Bryce has said, you can't move the basket. So the Gemara says, no, but I didn't love. When the birds are on it, then I cannot move the basket. But once the birds fly away or they go to their nest, I could move the basket. So it's not being mevato klimechane. Iva tanya. That Bryce, but Bryce has said, even when the birds are no longer there, they went back to their nest. Still, it's usher. You cannot move the basket. So I'm rabbi bo. But I didn't love kol this halacha is only said when the birds were on the basket the entire Benesh Mashas. We're going to see that Benesh Mashas plays a tremendous role in Hilchas Muksa. So if the birds were on the basket the entire Benesh Mashas, this invokes the following halacha concept. Remember this, very important. Migu Once something was set aside during Benesh Mashas, which is during the period between Shkia and Tzitzit so then it's that's considered the onset of Shabbos, and if the, the onset of Shabbos, this was in a muksa situation, we say that it becomes muksa the entire day, and even if the situation changed, the bird is no longer there, we'll talk about this in Hilchas Basis, your phone was left on a table or something, even though it's no longer there, it was knocked away still, once it was iskat soil benashmashos, it was muksa during the entire benashmashos. Iskat soil So the only case where I cannot move the bird, the basket, is when the birds were on the basket the entire benashmashos. However, on Shabbos itself, when I take a basket and flip it over, and the bird climbs on it and goes to the nest, that's not a problem. And therefore, there's no kasha nervesiv. There's no being mavatel kli mechane. Okay. So now we have two shitas. We have shitas of chizda that pshat in the Mishnah was. You can't take a keli on Shabbos unless you're using it for a dover hanito, something that could be moved, not moksa. <coughs> and we had shitas of Rav Yosef, that this is a classic example of being mavato klime. There's an isra of taking a keli that was fit for use on Shabbos and being mavato it from its preparedness. Those are the two shitas in the Gemara. Now we have a third shita, which is within Rav Chista. This is Amr Rav Yitzhak. Rav Yitzhak like this. That there's an isr of moving a keli 
for something that cannot be moved on Shabbos, like the Shittas of Rav Chista. However, he's more Machmer. The same way you can't put a keli under a hen to catch her egg so it doesn't fall on the roof and roll down or fall on an incline. And even Rav Chista agreed to that. So, not only that, but I cannot even cover the egg with a keli in order that nobody should step on it. I cannot do that. I, what about, uh, uh, what do you call it, Hatsala um, Mitsuya, a typical saving? He argues there's no heter at all. Don't tell me typical savings. There's no problem. There's, there's no heter. There's, it's always us, sir. You cannot move kalim for things that are muksa. So he says, Kasavar ain't klinital elladavarhanita A kli, a non-muksa keli can only be moved for something that itself can be moved on Shabbos. So the Gemara says, well, one second, we brought all these kashas. We had the question of the wine, the barrel of wine. We had the question of this, question of that. All these questions. So what's it going to do with it? And we ended up saying that these things are considered Hatzalah uh, Mitsuya. And that was the Chiddush of the Teretz. The question was, these things are mutter, even though it's not a normal Hatzalah. We said, no, it's really called a normal Hatzalah. But the, those cases... Befeirish explicitly said you're allowed to put these kalim underneath something, on top of something. What's going on? Vishani and the terrace would be where the person already had moved the keli, meaning he's whole, he he's clearing off his table, and there are there's a wine glass. So he takes the wine glass. He's picked it up anyways because he wants to clear off his table, and then he walks outside and he sees a barrel of wine from Tevel that's that just popped opening up. He's allowed to put the wine glass underneath the wine in order to to save the wine. So what? Why? Because it was already in his hand. When we say ain't that means you cannot initially pick something up for the purpose of muksa items. But if I already picked it up. But I needed the place where the glass was or whatever. And now I am going and I'm walking and now I see the wine bro- the wine barrel cracked open. I can now go save it. But I didn't pick it up in order for a mux item, the Tavel wine. I picked it up to clear the table. So as long as I cleared it up a hector, I picked it up a hector, I'm allowed to put it wherever I want. This is going to come up again in Halacha when we discuss perhaps moving muksa. Once it's already in someone's hand, we already view it as if you're not doing the full iser of picking something up. That is muksa. Okay, so that's shitas rav yaser. Yaser holds you cannot even pick it up to save something. However, once it's in your hand, we allow the person to now put it underneath the barrel of wine that was opening. Tashma, we have a kasha. The Bryce says like this: Achas beitzah shnodu b'shabes, v'achas beitzah shnodu b'yantiv. Whether you had an egg that was laid on Shabbos or on Yantif. This is the opening Mishnah in Mesechta's Beitzah. Beitzah Shinoldo B'Yantif. Eimetatlin, you cannot move the egg. Loi Lechas is Boyesakli. You can't move the egg in order to cover uh, a keli with it. Let's say you're a bottle of scotch and you read somewhere that it's good to put an egg on top of it to cover it. You cannot do that because it's a raw egg and it wasn't Muchan before Shabbos. The Lismet Bokharamita, you should not use it to support your uh, the legs of your bed. So Rashi brings down that a egg, when it's vertical, could in, indeed uh, support some weight on it. Don't try this at home. Maybe you should. I don't know. Because you can't use it for that. You cannot actually move it. What, what could I do? I could take a keli and cover this egg to protect the egg that doesn't break. What do you see from here? 
clearly not like Rav Yitzchak. Rav Yitzchak said, I can never take a keli and pick it up and move it for a, for a muksa use that is going to protect muksa. Here it says, Beferish, I could pick it up and I could put a keli on top of the egg in order to save the egg, but the egg is muksa. The case was, I was already walking around with this bowl. I needed, I needed the, the bowls in the way. I picked up a bowl, and now I'm walking around. Now I'm walking outside, and I see an egg. So now I can put the bowl on top of the egg. But to initially pick up the bowl to protect an egg, you cannot do that. Tashma, person machtzolis al-gabi shabbos. You can take mats, and you can spread it over the stones on Shabbos, even though the stones seemingly are muksa. You're allowed to protect your stones on Shabbos with a mat. One second, I'm picking up a mat, which is a good kli, and it's for a dover that's she'en anito. I'm protecting muksa. So the says, no, but avonim mikorzalois. Talking about these avonim mikorzalois, the chazan, the basikisa, these are the stones that were a specific shape, and they would use it in the bathrooms. That's how they would, they, they, they would clean themselves. So these stones were not muksa. And therefore, not, not a question. Tashma, take a mat and cover the bricks near a construction site on Shabbos to protect it from the snow, from the rain. One second. You're, the bricks are muksa, and I'm using a good keli, a good item for things that are muksa. The they're leftover bricks. They, people will sit on it, like your cinder block. People will use it for sitting, and therefore, it is not considered muksa. Another kasha. Toshma. Parsimatzalas. You're allowed to take a mat and you're going to spread it on top of a kaveris. A kaveris is a beehive. A kaveris devarim is a beehive. B'shabbos. You're allowed to spread it on top of a beehive on Shabbos. Now, the Bryce says, B'chama b'nechama. And we're going to translate a simple pshat. It means that in the sun, you're allowed to put it, let's say it's during the day and it's sunny outside. So you could protect the bees, the beehive. From the sun with this mat, in the rain, when it's raining outside, you're protecting it from the rain. So you're allowed to do this on Shabbos. You can see right away the question is what about using a mat for muksa use? We're going to assume the beehive is muksa, the bees are in it, so bees are muksa, so isn't the beehive muksa? Now, the, the Bryce says, you can't have kavana to trap the bees. If you're having kavana to trap the bees, that would be an isidaraisa of tzad. So obviously, it cannot be a psikrasha, because even by psikrasha, we don't care about your kavana. But either way, you should not have kavana to trap the bees. So, either, But the question is, you said you're allowed to be parsed in the Shabbos. Why am I allowed to do that? Isn't that a problem of being, of being a, taking a keli, letzarech davar she'enanito? Because I cannot move the kavaris. So the Gemara says, There's honey in it. So when I'm protecting it, I'm protecting the honey. I'm not dealing with muksa, I'm dealing with the honey. That is factually correct. In the summer months, there's honey. But honey is a seasonal thing. During the winter months, there's no honey in there. So why would it be mutter to protect the beehive? In the winter, so like Marcus, there's two honeycombs that are in the beehive during the winter, so that's actually what the bees will eat to, to live on. So, those two honeycombs are edible, and therefore, you're saving the honeycombs, and it's not muksa. Marcus, what do you mean? Muksa is nino, they're muksa, that's it's for the bees, no, no one's eating them. So, like Marcus, the chashiv alayhu, you thought about it before Shabbos. Once I thought about it before Shabbos. So it's no longer muksa. That's the case, and 
that's why I'm allowed to cover it with a mask. The Gemara says, Hi, One second. So, and if you, you're saying it's dependent on if you had in mind that these honeycombs are good for you. But if I wouldn't have had in mind, let me rewrite the Bricer for you. Why does the Bricer put in the caveat? And it qualifies the statement and says, they should not have Kavana to trap. Why is that the qualification? He should have said, Lift like the listening video. You should have said preferish. When do we say it's mutter to spread this mat on this beehive? When you thought about the honeycombs, If I didn't think about the honeycomb, aser. No, You should have said that. Sigmar says no, no, no. The point was, even if you did plan on using the honeycombs and you figured out your sidra button of muksa, we're just telling you Make sure you don't have kavana to trap. Because that would be an Isra Okay. So now the Gemara says, hold on. Mani, who is the author of this Brisa? E Rab Shimon. If it's Rab Shimon that holds that Davashinim is Chavin is Mutter, but he also, Rab Shimon is the same sheet that holds, lest they Muksa. There is no problem of Muksa. And therefore, you don't have to have in mind that these honeycombs are, are, are fine. There's no Muksa. Now, this basic Machlaikas would be. Is Machlekes Rabbi Yudah We had this a few times already. We're just going to mention it again and again and again and again. The Machlekes Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Yudah is how we learn, how we identify what muksa is. <clears throat> Does muksa mean that, that anything that was not specifically prepared for Shabbos is intrinsically muksa? That is the sheet of Rabbi Yudah. Then, unless I specifically prepared it for Shabbos, it's muksa. While Rabbi Shimon says no. I don't have to specifically prepare something for Shabbos. As long as there's a normal use, there's a, there's any use that I could use this item for on Shabbos, even if it's theoretical, still, that saves it from being muksa. So who could this b'risa be? If it's like Rav Shimon, less than muksa. He doesn't hold the muksa, and therefore, you don't have to start setting aside the beehive, the, the honeycombs. If it's Rav Yehuda who holds a muksa, there's another sheet of Rav you have to remember, Rabbi Yehuda holds Davar Shein Meschavin is Aser. So Kila Meschavin, when the Brisa says, just ha- make sure don't ha- you know don't have in mind don't have Kavana to trap. And if I didn't have in mind the trap, so what? How does that help me according to Rabbi Yehuda? Kila Meschavin, my Havia Davar Shein Meschavin Aser. Rabbi Yehuda holds Davar Shein Meschavin is Aser. So the Gemara says La'olam Rabbi Yehuda. Really, it is like Rabbi Yehuda. Ma'ilu b'vachli Meschavin. So what is Pshat? What did he? What do you mean when he said? Don't have Kavana to trap the bees when you're spreading out the mat on top of it. Don't make it like a real trap by covering the entire beehive. Again, the point here was not to keep them in. The point was to protect them from the rain, protect them from the sun. So there are ways to do it with leaving a sizable hole that they could leave, they could escape. So don't trap them. You could, you know, kill two birds with one stone. You could, you could protect them without trapping them. Leave some space. So they should not be trapped automatically. But if they would be trapped automatically, so then Rabbi Yehuda would hold its usher, even if you did not have Ka'vana for that. So that was one way of learning this Brisa in order to understand and fit with the Shita of Rav Yosef, sorry, of Rav Yitzhak, that you're not allowed to move things even to protect Muksa items. So here we were, we were saying it's not muksa. That was one way of learning why this was allowed. Comes Rav Ashi. Rav Ashi says, not a problem at all. 
the original terrorist we said was that this beehive contained honey. The problem was the dates didn't work out. The uh, you know during the during the winter season there's no honey, so you're forced to stay based on the there's honeycombs there. I mean a whole shot of muksa back and forth on honeycombs muksa and Ravashima no kik tani bimaisakham when did when the price says the Maisachama in the sun and I'm sorry Ravashiama Mikitani Bimaisachama during the summer months Ubi Maisakshama during the winter months? No. It means like this Bahama Bneachama it means in the in the sun when it's sunny outside you're protecting the beehive from the sun. Ubagashavim in the rain, when it's raining, And when is there honey here? It's only there's only honey during certain parts of the year that rain. So It's this whole Mishnah is only discussing when I have three things. When I have honey, and it's and that means that it will be sunny outside, and it could rain. So there's only parts of the year that it would rain in Eretz Yisrael, in those regions, and that would be Tishrei and Nisan. So, Yomi Nisan, Yomi Tishrei, Dikachama, Vikagshaman, Vikadvash. So, not a kasha of Yitzhak. This discussion was when there was honey there. When there's honey there, I'm allowed to protect the honey. The honey is not muksa. How do you figure out that there could be honey there in the same time that you could be protecting you from rain and from sun? So that would be Yomi Nisan, Uvi Yomi Tishrei. But either way, where there's no question on Rav Yitzchak, Rav Yitzchak still has his opinion that you cannot move a non-muksa item for the, the tzarech of a davar ha-muksa, even to save it. Omer hu Rav Sheshes. Puki v'omelei Rav Yitzchak, go out and tell Rav Yitzchak, k'var tagma ravun l'shmaitech v'babel. Ravun already taught your shita in babel. Dom ravun, ravun said like this. Oisin mechitza l'meis b'shvilchai. You can make a mechitza, a... Yeah, like a tent, a separation, an awning, for a living person. What does that mean? We're going to see, but if it's only being done to protect a mace, so then that is not, you're not able to do that. So, Mahi, what is this, what is this b'raisa? They taught the following b'raisa. If you have a mace that's sitting in the sun, and we're afraid it's going to be masriach, we had this, we had this before, when the Gemara mentioned when David HaMelech died, and Shlom HaMelech called out to the base measures, Meis Avi Mutabachama. So you have a Meis that's Mutabachama. So what do you do? So Ban Shnei So two people come, and they sit next to the, they lay down next to the, uh, the Meis on the ground. Each one, one on each side. Cham when they feel hot, Underneath them, Zemevi Mita, Vyoshivalev, Zemevi Mita, So now they bring a bed. And once they bring a bed, they're laying down on the bed. No problem. You let her bring a bed for Echai. So you let her bring the bed for the living person. It's too hot. They're sitting in the sun. So Mevian Machtselas Uparsinalam. They bring a mat and they put it over their heads. Then Zezakiv Mitasa. Once this sheet was spread out. Now you could pick up your bed. This one picks up his bed. And we're assuming he's picking up the um the the beams or the frame of the bed. And that's going to support the sheet. And then this other one doesn't he leaves. And it comes out that he has a beautiful awning on top of him. So there are two issues that come up when trying to protect the mace. So issue number one is our discussion, Shita Sarvi that you cannot 
bring things, you cannot transport or move objects in order to protect, to assist, to help something that's muksa. So a mace is muksa, which is a which is a scary uh, muster thing that a mace, there's no use for it. Uh, uh, once a person is dead in Olam Haza, it's over. You know, we have to chatoifecho, whatever, when we're alive, we have to just chaparain, chaparain mitzvahs, chaparain masin toivim. Once a person is dead, so then there is not, there's no there's no longer a use. So it's, it's a mace. So I cannot bring a, a awning for the purpose of servicing a mace. So that's issue number one, hurdle number one. Hurdle number two is that there's a problem of making a tent on Shabbos. Even though this tent would only be a oil ara, a temporary tent, there's still an isser, at least the Rabbanon, to make a tent on Shabbos. So how do they get how do they avoid it? So they avoid issue number one by the the chai, the live people laying down next to this mace, and therefore the tent and the beds were brought for them. So that's fine. That's how you avoid issue number one. Issue number two about building a tent, which is not really our sugya, but it's something to just to, to just uh, glean and highlight, is that when they when they made this tent, so the halacha is if you pick up the temporary tent first, and then you put the supporting beams underneath it afterwards, that's fine. So they picked up, they're holding it on, they're holding the sheet on top of their head, and then they supported that with the bed frame, and then they left. But if they would pick up the bed frame first and then put a sheet on top of it, that would be making an oil, making a tent on Shabbos, albeit a oil aurai, and it wouldn't be Nisad it would still be Nisad So therefore they did this shtick, they would lay down next to him, bring a bed, they'd get hot, they'd put a sheet on top of them, then they would pick up the bed frame in order for the sheet to support itself. Okay, next. Itmar, now by the way, so this is a riot to Rav Yitzhak. Rav Yitzhak holds that one cannot bring things Peshvil a mace for, for something that's muksa. This is a, a proof to Rav Yitzhak. Good. Itmar. So let's say a, a, a dead body is lying in the sun. You can roll it from bed to bed until it goes to the until it reaches a, a shady area. We had this before in the sugya of You could put a kikar, a loaf, or a tina, an infant, on the mace on the dead body or on the bed that the dead body is on and you could use this harama you could say I'm, I'm not moving the dead body I'm moving the baby I'm moving the, the bread you're allowed to do that on on Shabbos even though there's typically an Isra Muksa when it comes to to Kavad Hames one is allowed to do that you shouldn't do that for other areas of Muksa just for Kavad Hames you could put something that's that's not Muksa on the bed or on the mace itself and you can move it then the Gemara asked the following question and we're going to continue with this tomorrow when there's a kikaratinik, there's something to do. Everyone agrees this matter. You're allowed to take a loaf of bread, you take a child, put it on the bed with a mace, and you can move it. Where there is no kikaratinik. So what should I do? Everyone holds that something called moving something indirectly. We're going to see tomorrow, in the beginning of the year, what exactly is tiltumanatsad. And the ha- many halachas, so many halachas that come up from come out from this discussion of tiltum and ansad. So my sorry, tiltum and ansad tilto. That moving from the side, that's still called tiltum. That's also regular tiltum muksa, and therefore would be also to do with the mace. So my no loish me tiltum. There's no problem moving something indirectly is not an issue, and therefore would be mutter to move 
a, a, a mace from bed to bed. It would not be a problem on Shabbos. So the Gemara is going to ask, and we'll see this tomorrow, the, isn't this an originally uh, old Machlekes, what Toto Menatzar is? And we'll do some uh, explaining in the discussion of Toto Menatzar.